your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to uh, Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Just another boring old hump day. Nothing really to talk about. There's 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 so much not to talk about that I have Brad Williams in studio with me <laughs> in the corner. I've con- con- uh, quarantined him into the corner. I'm in the and, corner. And just, Brad, you've been covering this story all day. You've been really locked into it for a while now. So we have two competing alternate side parking <laughs> plans in lacrosse. We have alternate side parking. Uh, we're going to get rid of it altogether. Is that one of the plans, an alternate side parking? No, that's, well, that's something or, that people have talked about is like, why don't you only do it just when it snows, when it snows two, three, five inches, and then have a snow emergency and don't do it the rest of the time. Or the uh, proposal that's before the city council saying, okay, wait until, which is what they did this year, wait until the first heavy snowfall of the year which was in the last couple of weeks and then after that you can do the alternate side parking now from what i understand in washington dc they don't have alternate side parking there at the the state capitol it's paid parking all the time kind of like what they have at uw lacrosse this is what they do in dc what they're doing in dc is what we should be doing in this very afternoon nobody cares what the parking is in washington dc well there's a it's tough to get parking there in dc especially by the capitol you have to go a couple blocks away and then it's like nine bucks an hour i think to Ah, to park there right i I wonder where these people wise guy rick you know (laughs) it's like you're a you're avoiding the elephant in the room, so to speak. Yeah, well, you're in the room, and I'm an elephant, so I don't know. Um, yeah, so the Kmart is going to turn into a U-Haul no, here in the cross. No, no. We don't know what the what, Kmart is going to do. Happen. There's a talk about the Kmart. Why would we build a U-Haul, U-Haul next to a high school? If Hardy's, though, if Hardy's can't survive next to a high school, then nothing can, right? Like because they got a lot of room, and uh, you know, people, people, we don't have any... Uses for the old shop goes except, well, you know, Halloween Express. You got that a couple of months a year. Oh, Eric from Sparta. You're not going to be able to hear this, Brad. You bring your headphones. Eric from Sparta is calling in. Eric, what is the parking situation? Oh, he didn't, He hung up. Oh, he hung up. He has a landline. You can definitely hear the hang up there. You know, well, Brad. you know, okay. In this Brad, day and age, we, we, we are can't trying to be serious here. You know, <laughs> we are going to bring, you are going to have people on the show in a few minutes. You're going to have Anthony Trigoski. Oh. And, and yeah. we, are, we are trying to make sure that we hook up with Ron Kind. Ron, Ron who Kind. Who has spoken from the Capitol this afternoon because they had to disrupt the business that they were doing. They were certifying the results of the Electoral oh, College. Oh. Or they were supposed to do that, and they had started it and that's when the people who were outside started coming into the building and that led to havoc let's say yeah those people are there i mean they're really upset that they're trying to change the parking rules it's just ron kind (laughs) is going to call in he's going to call in in about six minutes ron kind is um, and we will ask him what, does he get a parking pass there at D.C.? How does it, I mean, if he's got a park, he's got an office there. I don't know if he has a living quarters there. Um, he did say he was bunkered in, in his... No, I don't know if he was bunkered in his office. He, he, uh, he was in a safe place. It looked like he was... He, he did a Zoom with reporters about uh, the, the protests at the Capitol that ended up going inside the Capitol. And uh, we know of one person who was shot inside the Capitol. So, uh, yeah, of course, yeah, CBS has been covering it, and it's on all the... 
the cable news networks, and you can find it on the internet. And so, uh, we'll yeah, be, so we'll we be should... having him talk about it, and Anthony Trigoski will be stop, here as well. Brad, if we're gonna stop telling people where else to go, if we're gonna cover well, we the are, thing we in are DC, among, we are among the many people. If you we're know, gonna cover the thing in DC. Then we don't need to tell them to go to CBS or I didn't wherever. I tell them to go to... Well, we well, are CBS. We are CBS. Okay, just stay tuned for CBS coverage of the... the, the, the no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Ron, Ron Kahn, a couple minutes. Chagoski, I'm going to call here in a minute. And Brad Williams trying to get his uh, agenda in here. I wanted to talk. Jill Billings was going to call and talk about the COVID-19 package the state legislature is trying to pass. We're not going to talk about that either. I guess we're going to talk about D.C. We'll be back. All right, welcome back. Crosstalk PM. Another boring Wednesday. Nothing to talk about. So I got to bring Dr. Anthony Tregoski on a couple days early to just kind of just kind of get through the minutia of the day. Tregoski, what are you doing today? <laughs> Anything exciting? You, you know, Rick, I started by having a really boring day. I went to the dentist oh. and then I got a blood I then I got a blood draw. And then there turns out to be an insurrection in Washington, D.C. So I guess you could say the day took a bit of a turn. Also a great Star Trek The Next Generation movie, Star Trek Insurrection. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this is a funny, the way Twitter shows me things. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, good morning, smiley face. Uh, and then I look, oh, that was nine hours ago. Very out of context, this tweet, this tweet from uh, AOC. Uh, Scott Walker, uh, he's he's on Twitter speaking out against violence. Tammy Baldwin, in case anyone's wondering, she said she's safe, uh, but it's disgraceful that our country has to experience the violence because of Trump's lies, conspiracies, and un-American attacks on our democracy. Chagoski, I'm hearing this is just all paid actors. These are all just paid actors by the Democrats to storm the Capitol and make it look like uh, you know they're Trump supporters. Well, you know, Rick, I mean, this whole mob situation was driven by misleading information and conspiracy theories concerning the election. This has all been driven by people who have crazy and unfounded views. And I guess I shouldn't use the word crazy because, I mean, people are just, you know, believing what they see on social media and they're believing what they see on Newsmax and they're believing what they hear from political leaders like the president. So, I, I don't want to put down people who, you know, believe in these election conspiracy theories, but you do see the outcome of what happens when people believe in these conspiracy theories. You see that there is a very dangerous situation that has unfolded in Washington, D.C., and hey, why not throw another conspiracy theory on top of this, right? I mean, this whole thing was driven by conspiracy theories. So let's just say that this was all paid actors, Rick. So I kind of like where you're going with that. Let's, you know, why, what's another conspiracy theory at this point? <laughs> I, I should have tweeted out. I mean, it's probably it'll probably go, go viral. Um, Donald Trump's video, he came out a little while after Joe Biden addressed the nation live. That, I thought that was interesting that Joe Biden uh, beat Donald Trump to it. Trump had to record a video. And then that video got taken down by Facebook. Was it the same video that Twitter says uh, this claim of election fraud is disputed and this tweet can't be replied to or retweeted or liked due to risk of violence? Because I tried to I tried to copy it and put it into a news story and Twitter said, no, 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 you can't do that. We're not letting you do that. You can only retweet well, it, I guess. Let's let's just 
take a step back and think about how remarkable this is, that two of the leading social media, just two social media giants, Facebook and Twitter, have, on the one hand, on the Facebook side of things, decided that this statement by the president is too dangerous to remain on Facebook, where there are all kinds of nutty things that spread on Facebook, and it just takes a lot. Facebook to take any action against, you know, false and misleading and harmful speech. And then Twitter, like you said, Rick, made it impossible for people to retweet or share or like the video that Donald Trump put out. And the reason was that while Donald Trump told people to go home, he continued to communicate these conspiracy theories surrounding the election. And so, again, that is the root cause of what happened. People believing conspiracy theories about the election, people who, you know, have been told that this election has been stolen and they have take they have internalized that and they're acting on that. And so, you know, I mean, when it comes to social media policy making, it just seems like you know, they just kind of figure it out as they go. But certainly today, they took action of the likes that we haven't seen before when it comes to this president. Uh, I'm reading here, Vice President Mike Pence, not Donald Trump, approved the order to deploy the D.C. National Guard Wednesday. Um, unclear why the president didn't do that. So that's weird. I was waiting for when are we going to send out the National Guard? Because we got to do that. We make that a fight all the time, too. Yeah, Rick, if I could jump in on that, that really confused me, too, because the vice president does not have, I mean, the vice president isn't the commander in chief, the president is, and the vice president doesn't have formal authority in that area. And so what the heck is going on here? Uh, And Mike Pence's, yeah, his political situation has been in flux throughout the last 24, 48 hours because he's been pressured by President Trump to do things that he cannot do. This idea that Mike Pence can decide to disqualify certain electoral votes, it's something that is just completely wrong. Uh, I've never heard of that before, and it's just patently false, this notion that Mike Pence somehow can determine which electoral votes count, which ones don't, which ones can be thrown out, which ones can remain in. That was such a blatant falsehood. And so Mike Pence was just put in this impossible situation because Mike Pence was being asked by Donald Trump to do something that he cannot do. So what do you do if you're Mike Pence? Well, I, I mean, it just, it just, it's just literally an impossible situation for Mike Pence. Well, not he can just do the right thing, so <laughs> which is yeah, seemingly I mean, he, what, what he is going to do. But the thing is, though, Rick, I mean, he's been unflinchingly loyal to President Trump throughout these last four years, even going back to the campaign. Like Mike Pence has been absolutely loyal, and you know, has even been mocked for how just how loyal he's been. And now he's just being massively thrown under the bus by this president for not disqualifying electoral votes. It's just wild to watch this. Yeah, but the writing's on the wall, right? Like, he's not going to be president anymore, so, you know, the, I'm done standing in your corner because there's, you know, the, the, the match is over, so to speak. Well, I think that's right. I mean, the writing is on the wall in the sense that 
someone, there needs to be a fall guy for the loss of this election. And I guess the fall guy is going to be Mike Pence. Well, the newest, uh, and, the newest again, fall guy. Just a stunning, uh, just a stunning conclusion to Mike Pence's run as Donald Trump's running mate, and then as vice president. Well, if he would have cho- chosen a different vice president last election, he probably won. I mean, we could really make Mike, Mike Pence the fall guy. <laughs> we could have chosen someone else to <laughs> run with him. Um, yeah, and and talking to you before the show, it was like how how and where do we start? And, and the, the, you could start at the most boring spot is what was supposed to happen today. Is Mike Pence was supposed to yeah. approve the electoral votes and kind of a ceremony, and uh, the ceremony got wild. So it got a little a little bit wild. We're waiting for Ron Kind to call. I don't know. Uh, he was he's a little late, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, we'll see if he he calls in. Uh, UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Jurgowski is on with us to kind of help us break down some of this stuff. If you want to call in six zero eight. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. We'll see what what uh representative kind has to say if he if he is able to call in. I know they're he's kind of busy. He's got stuff to do. Um also, do you know Tragoski the alternate side parking situation in DC? Have you had to uh have you experienced that ever? <laughs> You, you, you know, that was actually my top concern of the day until all of this happened. Well, there was no, there's absolutely no parking in DC today. Uh, I no. mean, just it's hard to get, it's hard to get par- parking spot. Um, yeah, and so it's it's just the kind of a crazy day. And and I was trying to watch different TV news coverages, and it was it was a, a little bit, I don't know, it was it was hard to watch some of this stuff just. Just because it's, you know, you, you, you kind of want to just watch what's happening and then you want to hear from people in the field. But then the news coverage always goes to the pundits who who want to break down how terrible Donald Trump is. And you're like, OK, well, we get that. We hear that every day of the week. Can you just go back to the reporter in the field to kind of explain to us what's going on? But this is the problem when we have uh, 75 news channels going 24-7. <laughs> Well, and Rick, this is typically a really boring day that gets little attention when Congress counts and certifies the Electoral College vote. I mean, normally, this is just people opening up envelopes, pretty much. And, you know, the vice president is basically a ceremonial figure at this thing. And they count the electoral votes, they certify the electoral vote result, and then that's it. And that's normally how things play out. Now, where we got a curveball this time was this idea that people could object to the electoral votes cast by certain states. And where we left off in this process, which, you know, was a few hours ago, but it seems like about two days ago at this point, (laughs) was objections to the electoral votes from Arizona. Uh, And that was going to be debated in the House and the Senate, because in order for an objection to, you know, just get get talked about, get debated. It has to be signed by both a senator and a House member. And this ele- this uh, objection to the electoral votes from Arizona happened to be signed by both a senator and a House member. So the senators went to the Senate to debate that objection to the Arizona votes. The House members debated the objection to the Arizona votes. And then, well, I guess the rest is history, and it's still unfolding right now. So that's where we left off in this process. So we got through Arizona, uh, which means that we have a ways to go yet in this thing. So we're doing alphabetical order? Is that what we're doing? 
Yep. yep. <laughs> um, Steve texts in, everyone that voted for Trump will forever be embarrassed, will be forever embarrassed and be the butt of all jokes for years. I don't think that's true. Uh, John says, this guy is like nails on a chalkboard. Uh, I don't know if that's you or me, Tregoski. <laughs> Maybe it was Brad. I, I, let's just say it was Brad earlier, that guy. Um, and then Phil says, uh, I have two of these texts. Phil says, in my, taking my joke, uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter threatened violence today and came through. And then another guy texted in, uh, doesn't take a Rhodes Scholar to know the people who breached Congress were not Trump supporters. They're the same astroturf anarchists who've been paid to agitate and assault our country all year. So, uh, yeah. of course, uh, you know, there we go. You know, they're just, they're, you know, Rick, uh, if if that's your view, then I just can't reason with you. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, ju- I just can't reason with you. If If that's sincerely your point of view, then, you know, you're just sort of lost in social media world in a in an, in an information bubble that just feeds your own beliefs that happen to be wrong and uh, you know people who believe that you know they're just unfortunately they're just kind of gone uh dr anthony chugoski uw lacrosse political science professor joining us waiting to see if ron kine's gonna call in he did call me at four forty-five because he's on eastern time today as we're all in the central time zone and and he's over there in dc uh chugoski i got another text can you ask anthony if he's really arrogant enough to overlook illegal voting in wisconsin georgia and arizona from mitch that's well, next from mitch uh you know here here's what i want to know from the people who believe that this election was rigged. How many people were in on it? I, I just want a number. I just want a number. How many people were in on this plot? I, I, that's that's all I would ask. Is, I just I just want, want I just want them to give me an estimated number. What did Joe Biden win? People by? who would need to be involved to pull this off. Well, Mitch texted in illegal voting in Georgia. So wasn't it eleven thousand eight hundred? It was eleven thousand eight hundred, right? That's the uh, that's how many. That's how many people were in on the rigging. The rigging. Um, he does say illegal voting. He doesn't say rigged voting. Is there? A, can you make a dif- difference there? Can you make? Is there a discrepancy there? No. And, and well, yeah, but this was completely debunked by the Republican officials in the Georgia Secretary of State's office. So, oh, by the way, Rick, they're on it. They're in on it too. The Republican officials in the Georgia Secretary of State's office. Right, exactly. Uh, Dan asks. Dan asks you. Uh, well, he asks us, but I'm. I, you're going to be better at this than I am. Why was the vice president ever included in this ceremony if he didn't have purpose other than to count the votes? Seems like there was some kind of original intention for him. So historically, yeah, it's, in maybe, con- it's in the Constitution that the vice president oversees this. Yeah, and it's a ceremony. You said it. You said it yourself, Dan. It's a. It's a ceremony. Yeah. So that's why. Uh, we, we do a we did a ceremony at the state legislature yesterday or two days ago to uh, you know approve the new legislature legislature. So uh, uh, let's see here. John's texting in as a political scientist. Take the time to read through some of the affidavits, Tregoski. Most people's issues is evidence has not been allowed to be heard. What is online? It reads. So we're not. You know, here. Rick. I would just I would pose this question. Is it at least possible that Donald Trump lost this election fair and square? Like, like, would the people who are so deep into these conspiracies, would they at least grant the possibility? Are they at least willing to entertain just the possibility that Donald Trump might have lost fair and square? Or are the only two options that Donald Trump will win or he'll lose, but the election is rigged? 
again, that's another question I have, in addition to how many people need to be in on this plot in order to rig this election. Yeah, it's, it's either uh, one guy is lying or, uh, you know, 500,000 people are in on some some plot to uh, to get the one guy out. So I don't know what's more plausible. The one guy that lies all the time is still lying or, uh, you know, we've gotten Democrats and Republicans to finally come together on one thing, and that was to rig an election against the one guy. So at least we got some bipartisanship, Tregoski, if that's the case. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a majority of the Republicans in the Senate are – not on board with these efforts to attempt to overturn the election are a majority of Republican senators in on the plot. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to poke you here right before we go to Scott's comment. Uh, Oh, I lost the text. Um, I'm getting too many texts now. Uh, Oh, here it is. Fred, uh, six or seven States have clear evidence of voter and election fraud exclamation point. The professor has lost me triple exclamation point. And uh, John texts in uh, as he as he calls you nails on a chalkboard or Brad, not me. Uh, he says he's not a Trump supporter. All right, we're going to, we're going to take a break for Scott's comment in the news. We'll see if Ron Kine's going to call in the second half of the show. I did originally tell him five thirty-five, So maybe he'll do that, but we'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right. Welcome back to the crosstalk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Pearl jam. Get out of here. Representative Ron Kind is calling in. Ron, you're on with me and UW Lacrosse political science professor Anthony Chagoski. Just so you know, so keep you know, like don't try to give us uh, something that's non-factual because he's going to catch you. <laughs> I know he will. Uh, hi guys, it's great to be with you. It's been a surreal day here in the nation's capital. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, first, like, can you just can you just break down what happened? You were there first person. Obviously, we're we're playing armchair quarterback from you know states away. So yeah, just just give us what your your thoughts and feelings, Ron. Well, you know, we had just started the first debate and contesting the uh, electoral college vote in Arizona. I was on the house floor because I'm the uh, the chief defender of Wisconsin's voting integrity because it's my understanding that. Our own Senator Ron Johnson is going to contest the validity of our own election uh, in Wisconsin. Um, and as we were about 20 minutes into it, we heard a lot of commotion uh, outside the, the chamber of the House. Um, security came running in that the perimeter has been breached uh, and people are entering the Capitol. They immediately went to leadership, of course, and secured them and whisked them out. Uh, since I'm not a member of leadership, uh, us other members were looking at each other and saying, what do we do? <laughs> And uh, security was piling in. I noticed one of the security officers uh, starting to push a credenza towards the double doors of the main chamber of the house. So I jumped up and was lending him assistance in order to secure the door uh, against the rioters coming in. And um, it wasn't long before the entire chamber in the Capitol was taken over uh, by this lawless mob. And it's sad. I mean, Anthony, as a political science professor yourself, I'm sure... You never contemplated seeing a day in America like this. And it's disappointing because today is supposed to be a day of celebrating our democracy and the peaceful transfer of power that is essential and really makes America exceptionalism uh, in the eyes of the world. And that was breached today. And I'm not concerned about what the outcome of the Electoral College vote will be. Donald Trump will lose that, too. I'm worried about tomorrow and the precedent that this is establishing in our country, that when your preferred candidate loses, it's not because of the will of the voters, but it's because of some fraudulent, unsubstantiated claim. 
and democracy loses its legitimacy uh, if that becomes the norm. And so this is today's dangerous at so many different levels, but uh, it was unfortunate to see the scene unfold as it did. Tchaikovsky, you got a question for Ron? Yeah, Congressman. So, you know, I just spent the better part of the last segment getting yelled at <laughs> via text, you know, to, to the extent that people can yell via text messages um, by people who believe in these conspiracy theories about the election being stolen, by people who are refusing to the, accept the outcome of the election, by people who think that it's Antifa who was actually responsible for storming the Capitol. I, you know, Congressman, people don't live in shared information universes. And to me, that's kind of the core problem here, that there are people who are convinced that this election was stolen. They're acting on that. And doesn't that just represent a massive crisis for American democracy? Well, it does. And this alternative reality that's been created in our country, again, is very dangerous for the survival of our democracy because ultimately it depends on a shared set of facts because from that shared set of facts becomes a trust that we can debate issues, have discussions about certain issues, but starting from the same premise. And we can't even do that these days. Uh, we will always have, and we should in a democracy, heated debates about the right policy, the right direction for our state, for our country. That's all appropriate. But when you start denying basic facts um, and believe in wild conspiracy theories, I don't know where you go with that in a democracy, how you can heal the division that's been created. And this has been something not just unique to the Trump administration. This precedes this. This has been something in the works for quite some time, and we've reached a critical moment right now. And it's one of the chief challenges that we face as a nation and whether representative democracy can survive with two alternative universes being created. Uh, and I'm very concerned about that. But what I'm encouraged by is so many of my Republican colleagues have forcefully spoken out against this, this coup d'etat that's being attempted to overturn the legitimate election result uh, of November. Uh, my, my good friend Mike Gallagher, the representative of the 8th District, he issued a very strong statement earlier denouncing what was taking place today. Former Speaker Paul Ryan, I mean, I encourage people to just to look at what he said, because no one could say it better. And what a, an assault on our democracy that we see unfolding from the president uh, denying the election results and for this electoral challenge uh, happening today. So there's avenues of collaboration and finding common ground, but uh, not everyone is going to embrace that opportunity. And how we move forward uh, is going to be crucial in the coming months and coming year. Uh, and let me also just say this. Uh, we're going to have a new administration. Joe Biden is going to be sworn in as president on January 20th. I have a lot of confidence Joe Biden is going to do his best to heal the divisions of our country. Uh, I believe him when he says that for those that even didn't support him, he wants to be their president too, to listen to their concerns, to address the issues affecting their life. And I know he's going to work hard to try to find bipartisan compromise in Congress in the coming days. He believes in Congress, the role that we play, the need for us to find uh, some common ground uh, on these issues. And so I'm hoping come January 20th there'll be bit of a breath of fresh air uh, descending on Washington, something we've been desperate for for some time. We're speaking with Congressman Ron Kind here on Lacrosse Talk PM. Congressman, you said you, you kind of helped maybe security push something against the door to, to barricade it while you were in the chamber. I see pictures of 
of a lot of people laying in the rows, just kind of laying down. Did you go and lay down then with everyone else, or did you did you leave and go back to your office, or what happened after that? No, I wasn't laying down. Uh, I wasn't going to surrender one inch of our territory uh, to this mob that was trying to take over the Capitol. Uh, my only regret is I didn't have the Green Bay Packers offensive line standing next to me or in front of me at the time. Well, we can't be uh, sacrificing, their, Ron. We can sacrifice. We can sacrifice you, but we can't. It's right before the playoffs, <laughs> Ron. We can't be sacrificing the Packers' offensive line. There's probably nobody wearing masks in there. They're going to get COVID at least. Uh, then they'll have to, you know, to isolate. Rick, you know what's sad is I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I, I am eminently replaceable, but that old line right now isn't going into the playoffs, so I, I would agree with you on that. I'm sorry to say, Aaron Rodgers much more important than Ron Kind in the state of Wisconsin. I'm sorry to say it, Ron. <laughs> Just spoken like a true Packer fan. I, I'm with you 100%. Um, then what happens? Where do you go after that? Where are you now? What ha- do you Are you going to eventually go back out into in, the house? Uh, does this stuff pick up tomorrow is it picked up already what what's the next step here well first of all it took a while for uh security to, to secure enough of the corridors for us to leave the chamber and of course we were able to get back to our our house office uh, uh and that's where i've been now for a while but i'm right at work i am preparing for the defense uh, of the electoral college in wisconsin i'm assuming that that is going to be challenged later this evening we're going to resume uh the activities which we need to do uh, by Constitution. This is supposed to be certified uh, on the 6th of January. And so we're going to move forward as quickly as we can. And if, if, if they want to contest uh, the rest of the 49 states, uh, so be it. Uh, we will have a response. We will have a vote after each one of those states' debate, which is two hours long. And then we'll move on to the next state and the next. But at the end of this, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be certified uh, as the next president and vice president of the United States, no one should have any doubt that that's going to be the outcome. And I'm still calling on the president to call on his supporters to stand down and to back off and to respect the curfew that's been imposed in our nation capital and to stop inciting this mob that we're seeing uh, in the streets of Washington today. Now, when, when Wisconsin does come up and, and there is a con- contested, that's something you've never had to go through before. Along with uh, rioters storming the Capitol, uh, which you haven't had to do, this, this, this next step that is part of the government governmental process, the constitutional process, that's also something new that you'll have to experience or not? Yeah, it is. This is supposed to be all pro forma. I mean, all we're supposed to do is open up the certified uh, envelopes from each of the states uh, and basically read the certified vote from the states, and that's it. And I'll remind people that in 2016, uh, when President Trump uh, was elected, even though losing the popular vote, uh, and even though winning by a margin of about uh, 120,000 votes, the, the entire process took 23 minutes uh, because we recognized the results, we respected that peaceful transfer of power, and, and it took 23 minutes uh, to conduct this back in 20. Uh, 17 in January of 2017. So that's how far we've come uh, as a nation and in our democracy, where this process now, I mean, if they contest enough states, it could take days uh, before we have to vote on each state's electoral college uh, and certify this election. 50 states, two hours each. That's 100 hours. Ron, you just, we're going to, no breaks either, right? You just do them right in a row? (laughs) Yeah, and apparently no combat pay either, guys. I'm beginning to wonder. Well, that's your fault. You got to approve. You got to approve that in Congress. I don't know what you're doing, Tregoski. Yeah. I'm going to let him go unless you got a, another question for him. 
Yeah, Congressman, real quick. Uh, you know, I, I'm convinced that the majority of Americans, regardless of their party, regardless of their ideology, are, are disgusted by what they saw today. I, of course, there will be a minority of people in the burn it all down group. But, you know, people across the political spectrum who say this is not who we are as a country, what do we do next? It isn't who we are as a country. But listen, I will fight to my dying breath to ensure that people have a constitutional right to peacefully protest their government. Uh, that is enshrined in the Bill of Rights. But the operative adjective here is peacefully. And that's on both sides. Uh, we will not tolerate rioting, looting, burning, stealing. And we certainly can't tolerate what happened in our nation's capital today. And there has to be accountability uh, to this, too. Uh, but that has to be done in a very nonpartisan um, format. And that's another area of confidence that I have with the new Biden administration. They will depoliticize the Department of Justice and allow them to do their job as they are expected to in a nonpartisan, fact-based, objective way. And I'm a former special prosecutor in western Wisconsin, and that, too, is one of the hallmarks of our country, is the confidence we need to have in law enforcement that they are going to enforce the laws of our state and our country in a nonpartisan way. And that was one of the disturbing things we saw over the last four years, was the president trying to politicize the Department of Justice, try to criminally prosecute his political opponents with no basis, with no evidence. And that's what tin pot dictators do around the globe. And we need to restore that confidence in the American people that our criminal justice system is above partisan approach and uh, ensure that that happens. All right, Congressman Kine, thanks a lot for joining us. All right, happy to, guys. Stay safe. Take care. I think I think Congressman Kine's got to probably stay safe versus versus us. Uh, I'm not sure, Chagoski. We're fine, I think. I think those guys that are there in D.C. probably need to worry about that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm good here. I don't know. I, I better take a look outside the window, though. I'm also locked in an office in a bunker under... <laughs> On, uh, you know, in the basement here at the Midwest family. All right, we got to take one more quick break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple minutes left here. Dr. Anthony Chugoski still on with us. A couple of people waiting on hold here. I had to get Congressman Kind on. You know, a little bit more important at this point in the in the day. I mean, other times maybe I'd rather talk to the callers than than Ron Kind, but uh, today of all days. Probably should get first-hand account of what happened, but Libertarian Guy is on. Libertarian Guy, go ahead. Hi. Um, I was listening to the conversation, and I just wanted to chime in here. Um, the, the thing that I think about is what is different about this election compared to all previous elections. And what I keep coming back to, and all the, all the political hyperbole aside, what I come back to is this whole COVID-19 situation was used as a reason to create mail-in balloting. Mail-in balloting used to be very limited to just absentee balloting, where people would request a ballot, and they had legitimate reasons, like they were in the military or they were in the hospital or, you know, whatever. But the fact that, I mean, even Wisconsin was mailing several things out to me and to all the citizens saying, you know, request a ballot. And, and I didn't want to. I wanted to go to the polls. So to get back to what I'm posing, uh, my original question is, what's different is the mail-in balloting situation. So I was hoping that 
I could get on the air with Ron Kind and with Anthony Tregowski and just say, that's what's different. Would any of you guys agree that mail-in balloting was a bad idea? That was it. Is it is it a bad idea to to give me my ballot so I don't have to drive 45 minutes to Caledonia to, to vote? <laughs> but Yes, it's a bad idea because that's what's creating all these allegations of fraud. Okay, but that, that's where it all stems from. But are the allegations legit? I don't know. Because I could just, I could just, we don't know. When, I, when there's all these, you know, hundreds of affidavits and things where, you know, ballot boxes were left, you know, unattended, uh, pulling out the suitcases, all these so-called deceased people, the fact that Wisconsin sent requests to. Um, to, to my in-laws who live in Minnesota, saying request an absentee ballot, they could have requested a ballot and voted in this in this election. And they live in Minnesota. That's where the problem is with this election. And had that not been done, there wouldn't be all the consequences that they're fa- that we're facing now. All right. So that's you, my only point. I mean, it, it's it would be illegal though for your parents to do that. So I don't know how they get a ballot in Minnesota. That, Did it that, go to their that, Minnesota that's address? True, but but. But now you need a whole system to try to manage that. What's wrong with the old system where you just go to the polls in, on election day and, and vote? But now we're going to have a future here where these kinds of problems are going to continue to happen as long as mail-in voting exists. And I, I don't know why you and so many other people, including Ron Kind, think that mail-in balloting was such a great idea because that's what got us to this point in the first place. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why we. Thanks for the call. I don't know why we have the mail anyway. So we we're trying to get rid of the mail. So I mean, we just email in balloting. That's what I want, Chagoski. Email balloting. <laughs> Send it to my well, email address. Go ahead. Look, there are important concerns about mail in balloting. I don't want to dismiss libertarian guys' concerns at all. But at this point, where's the smoking gun? It's just kind of what I would ask. You know, why has Donald Trump's legal team lost over 60 lawsuits pertaining to mail-in balloting fraud and how this election was conducted, how the statutes were interpreted? He's won exactly one single lawsuit, and he's lost over 60 lawsuits. So, you know, I, I don't love mail-in voting. I, I, you know, I, I have concerns. I see pros and cons to it. But if there was widespread fraud, we would have seen it by now. And the, you know, I guess, or I guess maybe the courts and hundreds of judges are in on the conspiracy too. Uh, uh, I think uh, someone that calls themselves Paper uh, texted in and said, You might as well ask Ron Kind on a date for Pete's sakes. You aren't asking him hard questions. What, what were we supposed to ask Ron there as he goes through uh, rioters coming into the House chambers? I don't, I don't really know what the. I mean, obviously, Ron made himself a little bit of a hero, though, too, as well. Well, you know, I, Ron Kind, I mean, you know, there there was a mob that just stormed the United States House of Representatives. Like, you know, of course, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and, and good on Ron for, for barricading the doors, not lying down. If you see some of the pictures of uh, he didn't lie down. I don't know. I didn't see any pictures of him. Maybe he maybe he got into some fisticuffs with some protesters. He left that part out. I don't know. But, uh, it, but yeah, I don't know what the hard questions are. I, I wanted to know what the scene was from somebody that was literally at the scene in the building as rioters stormed the, the house. That, that's pretty incredible. Like, if you think about what just happened today, 
um, it's it's hard to wrap your mind around a little bit. Well, absolutely. I mean, this is democracy on the ropes right now, Rick. It, it really is. These scenes do not happen in stable democracies. Uh, they, they just don't. These scenes do not happen in stable democracies. What would we say if we saw people storming the governing buildings of a country elsewhere in the world? What would we say about the stability of that nation's political system? And I'll, and I'll just end right here. Jim Texan, parrot wrong kind, we are a democracy, and who was it that didn't accept the results of the 2016 election? Hmm, question mark, exclamation point. Uh, didn't Ron Kine say this process took 23 seconds? Anyway, Tchaikovsky, thanks a lot. I got to go, man. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> Bye. All right, that's going to wrap up the show. Thanks, everybody, for texting, for listening, for calling. Thanks, Ron Kine, Dr. Anthony Tchaikovsky, for, for joining me this hour. Uh, and, and really, for everybody texting, I think this is almost a record for text. The only record, the, the old record or the, the standing record for text is when I left the mic open during the news. That was, that was the record for text in a show. Thanks a lot.